Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. South Shaolin. The classified elements. We here now, to all you foo-foo, colored candy, white, peanut butter and jelly, coon-ass niggas, you best to duck and rough for cover, yeah, 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 yo, into the temple gates, cross the fiery lakes, for witness to torture souls, and plant upon burning stakes, ascend the terror bombs, raising hell to reach heaven gates, fire bomb and cathedrals when I switch my car to stay, regard to animal, from animal back to to storm these strews like WD Farad To raise a nation that's indispensable Indivisible, basic principle related to digital Outputs to outlooks, temperatures rise in As the sun of righteousness gives spiritual guidance In the lion's den, the phoenix arrives in Spitting bars for wars through the belt of Orion With the eye to Hootie, these faggot devils can't fool me The phallus gave porn and digesting the pig's booty The sin is the wickedness, lost in the wilderness We're never at here to just go ahead and slit your wrist The black card exists What devils try to exit Living their planet crisis Until destroyed by ISIS And I pit of demons I'm ancient chemic dreaming Converting satanic cords With the beta semen Sword swinging Decapitator Parable addicted Crystal warm mystic Keeping glow with drinks When I'm lifted I'm Melchizedek Moving through 50 states Only trespassists With the gods I relate Mental alchemists Watch love conquer hate I emanate golden rays Above my head had to figure eight. I'm El Chesedick, moving through 50 states. Early trismagists with the gods I relate. Mental alchemists watch love conquer hate. I emanate golden rays above my head to figure eight. In a devil's head, severed on a dinner plate. Before the throne of God, all devils will meet the fate. Below the mason dicks, the rise of the future great. Imperial, ethereal, sound the trumpets through the stereo. Murders with mics, that's why I scratch off the cereal. We first creation, send you back to some minerals. South Shaolin, double MC is the abbot. More rich be the nation. Black men's land, we gotta have it. Restore the throne. I'd rather kick the savage When disaster strikes, actual facts he can't manage A fool's on deck, sink ships like Titanic Spread a fear across the land, causing a justified panic Amongst the brain-dead zombies, grabbing spits of bandits While these wicked overseas collect residuals in their hammock Corporate folks forever remain rancid Poisoning to the mind, inflicting subconscious damage I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states Only transmitters, what their gods I relate Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate I emanate golden rays above my head to figure eight I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states Hermie transmitters, with the gods I relate Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate I emanate golden rays above my head to figure eight Return of the ancient one, the Moorish Naga, the Dragon Rider, or breathing fire, generator, operator, destroyer, a self-lord and master, instructor, a Kama Sutra, practicing Tantra, a creator.
Kriya Yoga, a Kutalini, the Resurrector, Shishuna, the Eater, Pingala, awaken the seven chakra to come to Avatar, Muhammad the Conqueror, putting swords to your juggler, singing to the ether, the water, air, fire, bender, the earth ruler, I shit in the new era, in the saga, I spirit terror, every sound of horror, reflection crack mirrors, minds made feeble, dreams crumble, the curse tremble, Thieves in the temple, raise the mental, beyond the four devils, you whack motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, all you goddamn cool niggas out there, you know what I'm saying, yo son put that fucking rope around them goddamn throats, you know what I'm saying, cause you didn't, you didn't all this goddamn hip hop, that's why hip hop dead motherfuckers. Peace, 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 peace. All right, all right, all right. Y'all know what time it is. It's time to get into it. Y'all the ones that told us that y'all want us to do a little bit of later wine, a later drink. So we're doing what we can here to keep that going. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, so... Um, tonight discussions the age of Aquarius. All right, Jesus the Lamb. All right, because everyone want to talk about Jesus, and of course the holy secrets of the Kabbalah. All right, or the secrets of the holy Kabbalah. So we're gonna get into all of that tonight. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna pull up some of my presentation here all right make sure we got a lot to go through all right is it still on okay there we go all right so let me pull in the presentation Appreciate y'all coming in. Tell everybody, you know, to come on. You know, I know they out at the club. It's Friday night. You know what I mean? And I know they're trying to get their, you know, their margaritas and, you know, that gin and juice and, you know, everything else going. But, you know, we're going to be getting into this information. You know, this is going to be our gin and juice right here. You know, for those that can, you know, hang on and um, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right. We got our event coming up. We got to make sure everybody knows. This is September the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Healing Wings Institute. Dr. Aline L. Bay and the goddess. Priestess Princess Kadera L. Bay. We will be the host during these three days. Powerful, powerful, powerful three days. Qigong, Tai Chi, Reiki, Reflexology, Tantra Kriya Yoga, which is Kundalini Yoga, because everything is Kundalini Yoga, um, Herbology, Herbalism, and more. Right? This is going to be three days of the most enlightening practical knowledge and application information on the planet all right that's just what we're going to do if you're interested dial 910-364-9099 get yourself here 
September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. All right? If you need to, go and check us out online. Go to Calendar of Events. Once you go to DrAlimLBay.com, www.dralimelbey.com, Calendar of Events. You want to go to the Calendar of Events, and you can see the hotels. You can see the itinerary slash the agenda for the three days. Some things may change. However, that is basically the structure. But we will be doing what we say we're going to do. And this will be for Reiki 1, Reiki, um, Tai Chi 1, Qigong 1, um, as well as also Herbology um, Basics, Pranic Healing Basics. So you will be learning these particular skills. Um, energy modality, you're not playing, no delaying. You check out what I'm saying. All right, so once again, that's September the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Um, Hill and Wings Institute, this is our institute. This is what you've been listening to as far as the last month or so with us going hard every day doing videos. This is Hill and Wings Institute. This is the information that we teach in the Hill and Wings Institute. So if you're interested in joining the classes, which you should be interested in joining the classes, because if you think the information that we've been dropping on is deep here, wait till you get to the classes. It goes even further. All right? Because knowledge don't stop. All to the TikTok, it don't stop. Did it? It don't stop. So, Yellow Wings Institute. You want more information? 910-364-9099. That's 910-364-9099. I had to get that in there. That's our promo. All right, so let's get started. All right. We know Luke 2210 states, follow the man with the pitcher of water into his house. That's Aquarius. Well, the sun has moved from out of the age of Pisces, moving into the age of Aquarius. Therefore, we are moving into the house because we have no choice. Follow the man with the pitcher of water or the jar of water into his house. Well, we follow him into his house because the sun and our solar system is moving into the age of Aquarius, which is the age of knowing, the age of truth, but the water symbolizes truth. It also symbolizes the emotions. All right? Now, Aquarius symbolizes within the anti system. And when you go to Hedheru's temple, or Hathor's temple, which is Hagar, biblically, and you go to her temple, you will see up inside at the, on the ceiling, Dendera. It's called the Temple of Dendera. And you will see these various zodiac signs with their various names. Aquarius is equivalent to Heru. So we are now moved into the age of Heru. From out of the age of Pisces, which would be the age of Sebek, 
all right? Because Pisces symbolizes Sebek. Sebek is the crocodile deity, symbolized as the fish, all right? Prior to that, 2,000 years, even earlier, was the age of Aries, which is the ram, which would be Amen-Ra. Amen with the ram horns. So all of this is showing to us. So we're now following the man with the pitcher of water, and we are now entering to the age of Aquarius. All right? So that's as above, but we know that it also symbolizes as below. Matthew 26, 17, Jesus celebrates the Passover with his disciples. Now on the first day of the feast, of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? Well, where the optic nerves passes over into the brain, passes over from death to life, symbolically, and basically you prepare by going upstairs and finding a man bearing the water jug or the pitcher of water, which is Aquarius, that is actually symbolic to this CSF and it also bathes the optic nerves in a stream, just like Aquarius pouring the stream from his jug. All right? Infinity waters pass over from the left to the right brain, cast nets to right hand of God. As Jesus said, he wanted to go and sit with his Father who art in heaven on his right side. Matthew 26, 18, and he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher said, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. 19, so the disciples did as Jesus said, and he directed them, and they prepared for the Passover. Mark 14, 1, the plot to kill Jesus. After two days, it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. Well, the left controls the right, all right? So the left hand controls the right hand. The right hand controls the left hand, all right? That is the frontal lobe area. The optic um, track, all right, is also known as the eye or the eyes of the lamb, all right? So keep that all in mind as we continue on because we're going to get through this joint. So Revelation 19, 11, 16, it talks about Christ on a white horse. And they're talking about now I say heaven open I, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judged and make war. His eyes was like the um a flame of fire, and his head was many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with the robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of of heaven clothed in the fine linen, white and clean, follow him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp, a sharp sword, and that it was he shall strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All right, well, the white horse, of course, is Pegasus, which they've talked about. And the crazy thing is, is that the seven seals, 
um, which is Revelations um, 6. As you see here, it says, go, it, this is what it says. Now, I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living beasts or creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. White horse, you got to ride a white horse. And the rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Now, Pegasus, check this out now, is one of the best-known creatures in Greek mythology. He is a winged divine stallion, usually depicted as pure white in color. He was decided by Poseidon um, in his role as horse god and followed by the Gorgon Medusa. He was the brother of Chrysor, born at a single birth and with his mother who was decapitated by Perseus, or Perseus. The Greco-Roman poet written about his absent, his ascent to heaven after his birth and his absence to Zeus, king of the gods, who instructed him to bring lightning and thunder from Olympia. Friends of the muse, Pegasus is the creator. Check this out now. Pegasus is the creator of Hippocrene. Hippocrene. Pegasus is the creator of Hippocrene, the fountain on Mount Helicon. That's the sun on high. He was captured by the Greek hero, Bellerophon, near the fountain Perine, with the help of Athena and Poseidon. Pegasus allowed the hero to ride him to defeat a monster, the Shimera, a Shimera. Before realizing many other plots, his rider, however, fell off his back, trying to reach Mount Olympia. Zeus transformed into the, check this out now, Zeus transformed him into the constellation Pegasus and placed him up in the sky. Interesting story. There it is right there. Hmm. And as you see, Perseus right there. Uh-huh. In the sky. Up, up in the sky. Islamic culture tells of a white creature named Al-Baruch who brought Muhammad to Jerusalem during the night journey. Al-Baruch was also said to transport Abraham, Ibrahim, when he visited his wife, Hagar, which is Hathor, at Heru, and son, Ishmael. According to tradition, Abraham lived with one wife, Sarah, in Syria, but Al-Baruch would transport him in the morning to Mecca to see his family there, and then take him back to his Syrian wife in the evening. Al-Baruch isn't mentioned in the Quran, but in some Hadith translations, literature, 12, check this out now, 12 Shia Islamic traditions envisage, envisage 
that the Mahdi, that the Mahdi will appear riding a white horse. Now, so the Mahdi or the Mahdi, which is the guide within Islam, will ride a white horse. Jesus will ride a white horse. We know that the white horse is Pegasus. Oh, yeah, we know the white horse of Pegasus. Here's the pictures. All right? Jesus in the middle on his white horse. Abraham, well, in this case, Muhammad on the night of journey on his white horse. All right? And Bellerophon on Pegasus, the white horse. Read the book, Sons of God, Krishna, Buddha, and Christ Unveiled. Akarya, S, author of Christ Conspiracy. In there, she says, i.e., resurrection. After the resurrection, Jesus revealed himself to the seven in the boat and related to John's gospel. These seven fishers are part of the Egyptian mythos representing the plank in the boat by soul by saving souls and the seven fishers of men in the ritual of the day. The seven are spirits or gods in the Egyptian gospel. The sun god returned on the white horse and another motif found in several mythologies or myths, including those of Krishna, Apollo, and the Salvic Zethba, who daily was born, died, and resurrected. Mm, 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 mm. So not only is Jesus and Belafon and Muhammad on the white horse, but Krishna and Apollo is on the white horse. Everybody is on the white horse because we find that Pegasus is the creator of Hippocrine. Hippocrine. Ocampus. Oh, shit, now. You just put it together within five minutes. See, I don't take long to get you to the well, I want to get you to, to the science, the real shiznick. Hippocampus. Because Pegasus is the creator of Hippocrine. You're talking about the Hippocampus. This is the area apart from the other functions. It's primarily responsible for short-term memory. The Hippocampus, named after its resemblance to the seahorse. For the Greek seahorse. And Hippos means horse. And campos means sea monster, and it is white matter, hence white horse, is a major component of the brain of humans and other vertebrates. Humans and other mammals have two hippocampus, one on each side of the brain. The hippocampus belongs to the limbic system and plays important roles in the, the consolidation of information from short-term memory to long-term memory in a spatial memory that enables navigation. The hippocampus is located under the cerebral cortex. It contains two 
main interlocking parts, the hippocampus proper, also called the almond horns. Almond horns. And the dinate gyros or gyros. So hippocampus is almond horn, as in almond. Hippo horse, campus, sea monster or sea area. And this area looks just like a seahorse. Notice this. Looks just like a seahorse. The berry-theory gland at one time was inside the cavity of the hypocampus area of the brain that Dr. Malakazi York speaks of. In the lower part of the cerebellum, the cerebellum is located at the lower part of the brain and is attached to the brain stem. It is, it was and is a gland in the brain that was originally connected to the appendix and tonsil, the same way that the pituitary gland connects to the thyroid gland. All right? This is why you need lots of iodine. What was the berry-theory gland's purpose? Well, the berry-theory gland controlled the four higher senses that we once had. They are telepathy, the ability to communicate messages or thoughts from the mind without using verbal speech. Intuition, the ability to know what is about to happen before it happens. My wife does that all the time. Clairvoyance, the ability to see clear. Know what is going on in another place or room without seeing the event with your two physical eyes. Psych chemistry, the ability to be able to tell something about a person by holding the object that belongs to that person. We don't have a very theory gland anymore, or do we? Well, actually, we do. For those more than likely that listen to us in these shows, if it hasn't started growing yet, it will, because we are also initiating you, your mind, into receiving that particular gland. All right? It is right now under the chin area. All right? About an inch from the chin and about an inch from the throat in the center, and it's like two. It feels like a little bowl under the throat. Well, excuse me, under the chin area, near the throat. The berry-theory gland is known in South India tantric orders as the Lalana Chakra, which lies in between the fifth chakra, the throat, and the sixth chakra, the third eye chakra. It is sometimes called the center of craft or Kala Chakra. It has 12 or 64 petals, which symbolizes the meaning that you can figure out on your own. All right? Of course, 12 is the number of paracranial nerves you have in your brain, meaning that it helps with the activation of those. And of course, 64 is talking about the permutations of your DNA. In yogi circles, the Lalana Chakra is also very important, a little known chakra located in the soft palate behind the um, nasal sinuses. In basically in anatomical terms, it is known as the verma ron nasal organ, sometimes called the Jacobson organ. It is important in various Kundalini practices. It is thought to be a basically a vestigial 
organ in humans, but it is very more, but is more active in lower animals as a sensory organ. Uh oh, a sensory organ that functions between taste and smell. It is important in reproduction and sexual behavior by monitoring pheromones and other sexual excretions. This is medical evidence for a function of functional um, veromoral, um, the veromoral um, nasal organ in fetal humans in some adults. All right? The neural connections are still there, though even if the organ is not fully developed. The hypothalamus of the brain governs this organ directly as it was automatically shift the flow of air in the nasals or nostrils from side to side. Uh-oh, remember I showed you the technique of how to do alternating nostril breath technique? Well, we just showed you and told you how to now activate your peritheri gland or lalana chakra side to side in a regular rhythm known as the nasal patency cycle. The Jacobson organ. Jacobson organ. Remember, the spinal column symbolizes Jacob's ladder. So here you have the Jacobson organ, which is the berry gland. The berry gland is a reptilian organ because it connects to the reptilian portion in the brain. All right? Extrasensory perception and ESP is awareness of the world beyond the senses. It would be inappropriate to term the sixth sense extrasensory. After all, the the um, ronasal organ connects to the amygdala of the brain and relays information around the surrounding, all right, in about the surroundings in essentially the same manner as any other sense, like ESP. However, the sixth sense remains somewhat elusive and hard to describe. Well, if you have your berry gland, um, it's no longer elusive. Because traditionally, humans have been taught to come equipped with five senses. Scent, or sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. And animals possess several extra senses, including altered vision, hearing, uh, which would be clairvoyance, um, echolocation, electric and or magnetic field detection, and um, subtle uh, mentary chemical uh, detection senses. In addition to taste and smell, most vertebrates use the Jacobson organ all right, to detect trace quantities of chemicals, right? While snakes and other reptiles flick substances into Jacob's organ with their tongues, other animals exhibit the Feldman's reaction. When Feldman, a animal appears to shear as it curls its upper lip to better expose the two, oh, check this out, the twin as we just finished talking about, is the twin um, vermoral nasal organ for chemical sensing. In mammals, Jacobson organ 
is used not simply to identify minute quantities of chemicals, but also to subtle communication between other members of the same species. Through the emissions and responses of chemical signaling called pheromones. Pheromones. All right, so this is the science. So it is connected to the all-seeing eye. And it's the third eye, okay? We know that is pineal gland and the spiritual eye is a gland located within the center of the brain, the pineal gland. This gland oftentimes is referred to as the seat of the soul and remain dormant until the soul reaches a certain vibratory spiritual level. Once this is obtained, the gland is active by the light or activated by the light of the higher self, hence the, the Kundalini, signaling the divine energies from Kundalini root chakra to rise, activating the human um, chakra system to its fullest potential become, to make you become one of the 144,000. The physical being and the spiritual being become one, obtain a state of enlightenment with the soul is able to perceive the higher dimension. The caduceus, the medical symbol of health, symbolizes that. Nengish Zida, which is Thoth or Tahuti, symbolizes that. As we see here, all right, The medical symbol saying the caduceus symbol symbolic to the Eda and the Pingala, all right? Shiva, all right? So, we know that there's a 13th constellation that have come into play since 1997. So if you're born between November the 30th and December the 17th, you really is what is now, if you was born after 1997, a All right? Of course, Capricorn would be the 20th of January to February the 16th. Aquarius would be February the 17th to March 11th. Pisces would be March 12th to April the 18th. Aries would be April the 19th to May 13th. I right, see, I'm still in Aries. <laughs> Taurus would be um, May 14th to June 21st. Gemini would be June 22nd to July 20th. All right? July would be, yep, you're still a Pisces. July 21st would be um, to, uh, for Cancer, July 21st to August the 10th. All right? Leo, August the 11th to September the 16th. Virgo, September the 17th to October the 30th. Libra, October the 31st to November the 23rd. Scorpio, November the 24th to November the 28th. Officious, November the 29th to December the 17th. And Sagittarius, December the 18th to January the 19th. All right, so each month would eventually break down to equal 28 days. All right, 28 days. Was it a 13th? So we find that there's a 13th cranial nerve in the brain. Oh, snap. We told you about the 12th pair of cranial nerves, but we didn't tell you about the 13th cranial nerve. But it's known as the cranial nerve zero or terminal nerve. It projects from the nasal cavity, enters the brain just a little bit ahead of the other cranial nerves at a microscopic plexus of unneeded. Um, lenated peripheral nerve 
fasciculus. All right? This is where it is. It's right in the nasal cavity. Right in the nasal cavity. So hence, it's activated, once again, by the breath. So all of these glands and organs that we're talking about, your berry gland, your um, 13th cranial nerve, your hippocampus area in your brain, your hypothalamus gland, your pineal gland, all of these are activated by the breath. In particular, the alternating nostril breath technique. That's why the alternating nostril breath technique is so powerful. Right? The human brain, the command center of the entire body is the only organ not fully developed at birth. At birth, the average brain, baby brain is about a quarter the size of the of an um, average adult brain. Incredibly, it doubles in size in the first year and keeps growing to about 80% of the adult size by age three. And this is around the time when you begin to start having memories. Prior to that, you don't have no memories of normally of two, one years old, not the average person. Most people are just beginning to have memories and thoughts that they can remember at this time period, around the age of three. All right? By the age of three and 90% nearly fully grown by the age of five. And by seven, it is fully developed. Right? And at seven, the child begins to develop his, her personality. In Islam, if it is a male child, it is the custom for the father to take him to begin training for manhood at the age of seven because now he has developed his personality at the age of seven. And, and as they said at birth, at Udo Bilahim and Shaitan al-Rajim, I seek refuge in Allah from Satan the curse. You say that within the ears of the child at birth so that Satan can keep away from the child at least to the age of seven, when the father takes over the, and begins the training for the male child into adulthood. Okay? So we see that when you take the pyramid, Khufu, and you overlay it in top, over top of the brain, it correlates perfectly with the brain area. Right? When one dreams, one consciousness naturally shifts to the back of the head. This is more so the case when one has a lucid dream. One's reptilian brainstem, which is reticular activating formation, determines the depths of one's quantum realm dreams. It is via one's lucid dreams one can contact another form of intelligence with the ancient Egyptian considered to be associated with Sirius. With Sirius, in essence, one's lucid dreams are one's personal stargate. Somebody wanted me to teach on Shiva and stargates. Well, you're getting that tonight in this also. You're getting this tonight. So Orion is Osiris, which is, is a shaman, which is correlated to the Orion constellation, which is the king's chamber. The eye star, Isis, which is Sirius, is, some, is, is related to um, the queen's chamber. And as you see, the pineal gland, um, the door lucid dream shifts to the back of the head, 
to the um, cerebellum region. Then you have one's consciousness that shifts towards beyond the top of one's head, whereby one spirit can fly as Horus, the hawk. This is out-of-body experiences. You have Orion symbolizes the the hypno uh, um state of trance, which is Osiris or Sirius or Sirius or, or what is known also as uh, Osar. You have also the shafts in which they point towards Kochap uh, and Thuban, which is part of the reptilian in the sky, I guess you could say, which is known as Hydra, all right, which will be fine out really you go to the Serpent Mountain in Ohio, it is based on Hydra. All right? That's what that mountain is actually based on, is Hydra. All right? So here we have one's consciousness can shift towards the front of one's head. This induces out-of-body experiences. So that's towards the frontal lobe, neocortex area, neos, ingress and egress into and out of the spirit world of the quantum dream. So I just showed you the stargates or portals in your brain. You want a lucid dream, then it happens at the back door, which is near what they call the cerebellum um, area of the brain, um, or the queen's chamber, which reaches down also near what we call medulla oblongata. Then you have also um, the OBEs, or out-of-body experiences in which that occurs, that occurs at the frontal portion of the brain, which is near the areas known as the neocortex or frontal lobes. This is how they were able to bring heaven to earth. And because, as the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is what this is being shown right now. So, you know that the three wise men represents the three extra pair of nerves in the sacral region of the body, as above, so below. And this is coming from the four Gospels esoterically interpreted by John P. Scott. And get the book. The three wise men represents the three extra pairs of nerves in the sacral region of the body where the neophyte will spiritualize in time. When these three wise men or nerves follow the star up to Bethlehem in the body, we will become attuned to the solar instead of the lunar month. We will need less food and less sleep and will possess much more personal power. The gifts of the three wise men are not something imaginary, but are very real and very wonderful. The east represents the lower region of the body, Bethlehem, house of bread, symbolizes the solar plexus or the manger of the body. The departure of the wise men from Herod and the lower region as they're following the star is a physiological process. The star takes them to a place in their body where occult teachers say a spiritual impulse is born each time the moon makes her circuit. All cosmic events are shown by the movement of the heavenly body as above, so below. And naturally then the stars must indicate the neophyte when the time is right for the spiritual birth within his own being. 
Of course, this is exceeding great joy when the added force of the three wise men is brought into activity within the temple or the body. So see, this is what we're talking about. So the gifts brought by the wise men represents the added forces and qualities that was produced as a result of the spiritualization of the three extra pairs of nerves. The first gift, gold, represents wisdom, and it required no stretch of imagination but to see that we will have much more wisdom when we have used the life force to spiritualize these extra pair of cranial, um, extra pair of nerves. Excuse me. The second gift is frankincense. Frankincense means the oil of, of life. For those who wish to know more concerning this oil, it working in the body, we suggest the study of Revelation, as correctly interpreted by the author. On page 20 of this book, a philological statement by the former professor of Cornell explains in detail the work and the results of the oil of life in the body. The next gift is myrrh. Myrrh represents purity. Symbolically, it activates or activity of the three wise men is another way of expressing regeneration and these naturally brings the gifts of purity. So this is what we this is what we talking about. This happens in the body. So we're gonna keep going there, but we're gonna get into more information too. Because astronomers say they have discovered a gigantic magnetic field that is called like a snake around a rod shaped gas cloud in the constellation Orion. All right? Kurtan space slinky confirms theory of a twist. And I put that there and you're going and you're going to see why in a second. Alright? These are the great pyramids, Khufu, Kefra, um, Minka, um, Minkara, um, of course, as we've seen earlier, how these symbolize the three wise men, the constellation bell of Orion or the three wise men, symbolic to the great pyramids um, in Egypt, in Mexico, in China, as they all sit in the same type of alignment. And then those three, you see the pyramids of Xi'an, you see the great pyramids of Egypt, and you see the pyramids of Mexico, and they all even sit in the same alignment across the great Plan, plan, planet, man, the grand symbol of the mysteries, thought in occult anatomy by Manly P. Hall. Man, the grand symbol of the mysteries, states, the third is a vaulted chamber of initiation. Around it says three kings, uh-oh, but the three kings. So as below was the three nerves. The three wise men represents the three extra nerves, the three extra pair of nerves in the sacral region of the body. In order to come to the three wise men or the three kings that sits around it sits the three kings, three great centers of life, the power, the pejoratory body, the pineal body, and the optic thalamus, which is hypothalamus. So those three Nerves with the frankincense oil, that oil, back up into the head area to illuminate the pineal pituitary gland and the hypothalamus gland. The third ventricle overseen by the pineal is the seat of the soul, located between the eyes just above the root of the nose. It is here that the jewels are placed in the forehead of the Buddha, and it is also from this point that the serpent rose from the crown of the ancient Egyptian. They are also called the three 
sun, moon, and stars. Hence, the same symbols in which that is used in the nation of Islam to this day. So as you see, the alignment of the hypothalamus, pineal gland, the pituitary gland sits in the same type of alignment as the three pyramids, kind of Mexico, Egypt, constellations. So that means that as above, so below. But we find that the several occult researchers have claimed that the great pyramids of Giza is built in perfect alignment with the stars, especially Sirius. The light from these stars was said to be used in ceremonies of Egyptian mysteries. All right? And so the ancient people, Egyptians, knew that once every year, the parent sun is in line with the dog star, Anubis, and Pool. Therefore, the great pyramid was so constructed that at the sacred moment, the light of the dog star falls upon the square stone of God at the upper end of the great gallery, descending upon the head of the high priest, who received the super solar force and sought through his own perfected, perfected solar body to transmit to other initiates this added stimulation for the evolution of their godhood. Then this was the purpose of the stone of God, hence we call it stone of God the philosopher's stone, i.e. the pineal gland, whereupon in the ritual or sauces to bestow upon him the illuminated, the, um, the atif, um crown or celestial light. North and south of the crown is love, proclaimed in Egyptian hymn. And thus, throughout the teaching of Egypt, the visible light was but the shadow of the invisible light. And the wisdom of the ancient country, the measures the truth, was the year of the Most High. I get the book by Mitchell Adams, the book of the master. So, we know that the pineal gland secretes a yellow golden fluid and the pituitary gland secretes a white fluid. So, hence, this is the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of Canaan. All right, so we think that Canaan is over there in what is now called Israel and Palestine. That's the land of Canaan. And they believe that that's the land of Canaan, so they had to go there. If the Jews really believed that, they wouldn't have gone into Uganda first in the 1940s trying to set up there and ended up getting ran out. So the land of Canaan is in your body, not actually just the land. The energy in the solar plexus must pass through the two anterior pillars, which is Jocene and, jo- and, uh, and Boaz. All right? Through arterial to um, material um, pillars before the energy can reach the fornex and activate all these dormant brain cells in the right hemisphere of the brain. That's God. Right? So this is what activates here in the brain. As we know, are these four particular glands called the Crystal Palace. Most only speak of the three, which is the hypothalamus, the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, but we went over the other night, the thalamus gland, and how it is also called the golden egg, symbolic to the nigah, gab. Gab's other name is nigah, right? And there's a good book that you might want to get. Good book that you need to get 
Put your hands on it. All right. The name of the book is called The Divine Negative. All right. That's by Shabaka. All right. You need to have your hands on that book. You know, a lot of people are saying, we don't need to be saying the word nigger. Nigger is a bad word. It's a bad word. And then for those who know, like myself and others, then you would know that the word nigger or nigger comes from Geb, as that was his name in ancient Kemet. And then you have a whole country called Niger named after him. All right, name after Geb. That's really what's going on. All right, and then that name becomes the name in which that is used in ancient Kemet. All right, as Pharaoh. Then you have Nigeria or Niger, which becomes the feminine, um, the feminine or female name. All right, so hence that's how we get that. So we have within. Africa, we have both Niger and Nigeria, all right? Both of these come from the word male and female words of the Niger, okay? Even Jesus was called the carpenter, and the carpenter within Hebrew means the Niger, which means the master builder. All right? So, in the Bible, it tells you about the living waters or the waters of life. All of that is in the brain. As you see here, um, in the third ventricle um, area, um, all right, you have also what's called the aqueducts of the midbrain. And aqua, of course, means water. All right? So you have the third ventricle, as you see here, you have the anterior horn of the lateral ventricle. You have the aqueducts of the midbrain, all right? And you have the fourth um, ventricle, right? All of that is symbolic to the waters of life, which is talking about basically um, cerebral fluid. So right here we have Revelation 22nd, the river of life. And he shows me a pure river of water of life. There it is. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Of the Lamb now. In the middle of the street on either side of the river was the tree of life that bore 12 fruits. Hence the 12 pair of cranial nerves. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves on the tree was from the healing of the nation. And then shall be no more cursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Why? Because the pineal gland will be fully activated, which is the talking about the forehead or brow chakra. There shall be no night there. There will be no lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So you have your own light. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and, and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Answer, from the previous verse, we have been able to determine that the kingdom of God is not an outward organization. So you have all these people like the kingdom of God, the Jehovah Witnesses, the kingdom of God, the kingdom, 
right? No, it's not an outward organization. Sorry. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. It is not the visible church or any ecclesiastical establishment whatsoever. It is not any material or worldly item, but it is the reign of Christ, the king, crown chakra activation in the soul of man or as the soul of man. The kingdom of God is a state of mind. Love is the immediate way to truth or kingdom of God or the vast domain of perennial peace and joy. Love is the great purifier of the mind, when develops the, which develops the Christ mind. The Christ mind is but the universal mind, the divine mind personified. All right? A state of knowing that God is the great I am within us all. Therefore, the kingdom of God is synonymous with Christ or God consciousness, as the Holy Bible 1 John 4, 8 states, those who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And Jesus called this state of consciousness the kingdom of heaven. Buddha named it Nirvana. Laotazi termed it as the Tao, the way. Emerson refers to it as the oversoul. And Dr. Buck calls it the cosmic consciousness. Different names, but all talking about the same thing. So what is the oversoul? Oversoul is the bigger you. It is splitting itself into a marriage or marade a marae of different soul fragments. Each soul fragment is still you on a smaller scale. This is how you get your twin flames that those who study um, astrology speaks of. Right? Right? This is deeper than just um, what they refer to as your soul mate. Twin flames is because each fragment is split into a number of many soul fragments who is sent out to certain planets somewhere in the universe, e.g. Earth. All right? Each mining or many fragment, each on its own, many soul, still being you, is inserted from ver- um, vertical time into linear time at different time periods to have different experiences. So when a body dies, the mini soul returns to a bigger soul fragment within the oversoul, the astral plane. Each oversoul, one for each person living on this planet, also has incarnations on other planets within the solar system and other planets in other solar systems, galaxies, and universes. And thus we have a multiverse which is still expanding as we create. Right? This is the simple diagram showing simultaneous incarnations. So this goes back to what you might have seen on the movie The One with Jet Li. That as he was killing off himself, himself he would gain the power of himself and he killed off many of them to become with his attempt to become the one. Right, so you have the 12 branches of the monad, which is talking about the ways in which that these souls came apart. And as you see here, you have the um, monad, you have the soul, and then from the soul you have um, those many souls, which is twin flames, primary soulmates, 
anyone in subgroup 12 and all. You have the secondary soulmates, anyone in total soul group outside primary group is 144 and all. All right? So we're saying that the monad is the source, right? Or creator. Monad means one, as in mono, monad, mono, one. All right? So oversoul, the first individualized extension from source is the oversoul. And from that, the 12 projections, individualized extensions from the oversoul, this is the soul level. And each soul may further project 12 different extensions. One of these aspects may be you. Other aspects of the soul may thus be incarnate in other areas in parallel. Potential aspects that are incarnated in parallel. So Jesus crown chakra, Jesus Christ symbolized the crown chakra, reveals to us in Luke 17, 21, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I resides in us. The Holy Spirit resides in us. Jesus Christ resides in us. God, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, all one, all in the temple of God, the physical body. All right? The physical body. All right, so here we have how Ptah actually symbolizes the areas in the brain. He symbolizes the hypothalamus gland, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, all right? Also, the reptilian portion of the brain, the brain stem, the optic nerve. All right, when you go to the thalamus or thalamo or optothalamo, which actually is patah, it says words form elements meaning I, mostly in plural, the eyes, cone, I, originally the scene of uncertain origin, perhaps from ops which is I, as C, optic, the form related to thalamus, inner room. So thalamus means the inner room or chamber. Hence, Jesus met his disciples in the upper room. Remember that. The thalamus, given the whole, a sense of eye and eye socket. All right, so behold, the Kabbalistic explanation of the Hebrew language, Abinu, Sheba, Shemamaya, which means our Father who art in heaven. Indeed, Sheba in Aramaic means seven. So even Sheba, which the word Sheba is derived from Seba, as you see here, which symbolizes the word seven. So Sheba symbolizes the seven chakras. So when you say Sheba, we are addressing the kingdom, the kingdom of God, which are the seven chakras, the Sephirah. Um, Malkut, all right, which is the spirit of light of Malkut, which means the kingdom, which symbolizes the genital area in the body. When you say Abinu Sheba um, Shayamayan, we address the Sabbath, the seventh day, our father, Beni, the seventh force, Saturn, not Ra, but Saturn, the um, Sephira, um, Beni, is the Holy Spirit in heaven. All right, which is 
some of them, uh, um, Shamaya. Everything emerges from the creative sexual force of Benai, the Holy Spirit. This is why you can't blaspheme the name of the Holy Spirit. You got to be careful with your sexual energy. So here we have Patah, which symbolizes that sexual energy slash DNA um, power. Hence the reason why he's the father of us all. As you see here, he's the father of the gods, the fathers of the natural, because his body imprinted upon our brain area symbolizes all of these organs in the brain. But he symbolizes all of these organs. Hence also our DNA. So hence we was created as they would say, from Yahweh, all right, which is, a, once again, a form of Ptah. And you spell, um, which spelled Ptah backwards is Hatat or Hotat, which means basically, um, as we know, um, I, who did live during the third dynastic period, which Ophishikis is actually created um, from, is Imhotep. So Ptah is actually incarnated Imhotep. Imhotep is the son of God. This is how Imhotep becomes known as the son of God because he was the Christ figure during the third dynastic period. The letter P is the Sephiroth Kether, a symbol of the father. The symbol Chakma is the letter T, the cross, the teacher. The suffering Chakma is the Christ in Christianity that descends with his cross in order to work. The letter H is the Spirit, Holy Spirit, as we see in the Kabbalah. Hey, he is she in Hebrew. Right? Yahivahe is when we call in Egyptian term Patara. Told you. Yahivahe is the female creative power, which Yahivahe would be. Yahweh, Yahweh, because Hawa is Eve's name in Hebrew. It's Hawa. So Yahweh means I'm calling on Yah. Yah means oh, like like I'm shouting out, like I'm saying, yo, yo Eve, Yahweh, yo come in. I need to build with you. For the union of those two words or archetypes, Ra and Ptah, we spell the word P-T-R or Ptah, also sacred name of Peter, the apostle, as we talked about before, as he symbolizes the one of the 12 pair cranial nerves. Behold here the secret of the archetype symbols which abides with each one of us. There's always visualized the archetype within, since there is not a single human being without Ptah Ra. Of course not. The Tehran is here as it symbolizes. In other lectures, we explain that Ptah is the breath of the absolute eternal emanating in the first moment, moment in order to enter into the universe for its development. That breath of the absolute light, but a union of unity of light, that is why the Greek is called monad, unity, or one. When this monad, which is the light, or in Hebrew, um, Ra in Egypt, we find Ptah, or Ra, mirror languages. Okay? 
ETH, meaning spiritual atom of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within. Ra and Pata together are the number four, which is the Holy Tetragrammaton. Okay? Which, of course, you get the book, um, Forgetting Holy Book. People forget that the DNA is the oldest holy book. There are digital books, um, paper books, but let's not forget that the chemical or our biological ones. All right? So DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, is the core blueprint of the human being. The building blocks of DNA are called the DNA base or bases, and there are four different kinds of these, adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. It is the sequence of DNA bases that makes up the genetic code. The Negroid genetic code contains 24,000 genes, which represents the propensity of who we are. This includes everything that we get from nature, nature, or nature, plus what we get from the parents and from their parents. This very tiny double helix molecules is only visible through high-powered electron um, microscopes. The whole DNA helix is chemical system that represents three billion parts. For within the DNA structure, such as the history of the of the universe, of mortals, and of relationships to the ages and to the earth. For the DNA contains the creative energy. Your energy, human transformation energy, and that of of your uh, lifetimes. The bridge of the creator's reality is like, and each DNA molecule is a tiny portal that leads, right, to a multiple or multidimensional reality. DNA memory speaks of watching the earth forms and all the um, life coming and going. It's all there. It's a recording device. Only those... It's, multi, it's multidimensional, so there is no space initiation. Okay, so Pita, Pita becomes Peter and was the pre-dynastic Amen Nefer, God of, of craftsmen, pottery, and creation. The Egyptians believed that he was a God who created everything from artifacts in the world egg to the other deities themselves. So he helped put together the world egg, which is called the Naga, which is Gab, which is the um, thalamus gland in the, in, the, um, in the ring. Open up the mouth ceremony was believed to have been devised by him. He was a god of creation and rebirth. All right. He was a patron of art, protector of stone cutters, sculptures, um, blacksmiths, architects, built builders, artists, and craftsmen. His high priest was given the title on what is um, basically Kuru Kanu, which means great leader craftsman. And his priests were probably linked to different crafts. It was believed that Pitai invented masonry, and it was also he who was created the boats of the, um, of the day used to travel the Dwight, the Dwight. Right, Buttar, the son of Kanish in the Egyptian pantheon, is the principle of light and, and life, through which that the evolution or creation and other evolutions took place. The Egyptian logo and created the Demiurge, the very old deity 
as according to Herodotus, have had a temple erected to him by Mindy, the first king in, in Egypt. He is giver of life and self-born and father of Apis, the sacred bull, all right, which is also another form of Osar, conceived throughout a ray from the sun. Batar is thus the photo, prototype of Osar, or Osir, or Osirius, right? a later deity. But this is by H.P. Bavaski. Legend tells us that he created an egg that which was the great son took it to birth. Batar is the material universe um, as well, where while Egypt and Kanum is solely responsible for this um, universe, right? Thought was the efficient teacher who was responsible for the creation of Batar and a seasoned engineer. Okay. So legend tells us that he created an egg from which the great sun took his birth and protected the material universe, right? While um, Earth's while Egypt and Kanum is solely responsible for this universe. But Tahuti Thoth was the efficient teacher who was responsible for the creation of Patal, all right? And Kanum was also a competent architect, architecture, and a seasoned engineer. In fact, this is where you get from the Bible, where they took it from. Um, the Bible took it from off the walls of ancient Kemet. There it is, Kanun. But there it is at the potter's house, right? This is in the Old Testament, 18. This is the word that comes from Jeremiah the Lord. Go down to the potter's house. This is why T.D. Jakes called his church the potter's house. And there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working on the wheel. But the pot was shaped from the clay was mirrored by in it in his hand. So the pot formed is another pot, shaping it seemed best to him. Right? So this is where we get the pot as well from. And it's right here on the walls of ancient Kemet. Right? In Hetheshep's Monterey Temple. Amen Ra called for Kanum, another form of Amen, the creator, the fashion of women and men. As you see here, fashion for me the body of my daughter, Ba, and the daughter and the body of her Ka. All right? So this is the Ba and the Ka, or Ka Ba, also is Adam and Eve. And this said, Amen Ra. The noon fashioning of clay with the air of his potter's will and Haket. All right? Goddess of birth, new by his side, holding the sign of life towards the clay that the body of Heheshek and her cob may be filled with the breath of life. All right? So thus metaphysically, Kanum actually symbolizes birth, creation, and life itself. Kanum is a form of, of self. He gave the power to procreate to females through mitochondrial DNA. All right? Kondru. Kondru. All right? Kondru is Kanum. All right? That's what that's what Kanum is right, is through mitochondrial DNA, which gives him the power to give birth. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. The mitochondria organelles um, consumes the sugars that our body have converted from food. And in return produces electricity with which the power 
the cells. So mitochondria DNA or mitochondria has their own DNA, DNA which is usually unaffected by other genetic exchanges. The mitochondrial DNA, it does not change at all. It remains intact um, through the female line. The male sperm, however, contains only enough mitochondria to power the sperm to the surface of the air. Hey, um, that is usual, right? does not contain the egg. The egg, however, contains mitochondria that has been passed from mother and daughter to countless generations. And mitos is also Greek, which means mito means warp threads, which, of course, is talking about the DNA. And chondria is the Greek word, chondrion, right? Diminutive of chondros, meaning grain, granular, right? The moon is chondra, and the sperm is also known as chondra in Vedic um, Sanskrit, right? The twa. Uh, which is the tarheites or um, pygmies, also called kanund, konum, 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 konum. Find out that each cell emits 100,000 photons per second. Not a damn light, telling you. Well, we know that on the surface of the skin, the body is full of electrons in which that does interaction with the photons back and forth. And so we know that the Pata has an electro, uh, electron model. Right? Pata is, equi- is equivalent to um, the electrons, too. Electrons arose from the primordial um, abyss of energy during the Big Bang of creation of the universe, and it says that Ptah rose out of the primordial um, abyss called noon during the creation of the universe. The electron is the subatomic particle that preceded the atom. Ptah um, preceded atom as the primordial mound was beneath atom or subatomic. All right? The electron is the worker uh, particle of the craftsman, particle of nature responsible for creating the chemical bond of matter. Batal was a craftsman deity responsible for creating the nature. Electrons are the substance of thought, logic, and reason. Batal symbolizes thought, logic, and reason as the logo and the nose, um, created by imagining in his heart and speaking with his tongue. Batal is the father of Atum, who became Atum Ray, symbolic of light. So we find out that electrons give birth to light in forms of photons. Right? The electron has seven orbital shells. Right? They say that the seven pygmies, right, sons of Ptah, called the um called the energy Kinumu. Kinumu. Right, the relationship between electron power, flow currency, and D C stable voltage. Uh, or related by by equation equals P before called Ohm's law. Right, Pata holds the staff composed of symbols related to power, life, electron flow, and stability. Right, for more information, go to AfricanCreationEnergy.com. Right, we know that the story of Imhotep in the Bible is based off of um, um, Joseph in the Bible is based off of Imhotep the third dynastic king. 
a father of medicine. The truth. Jacob's, I mean, excuse me, Joseph's name in Egypt was um, Zephna Panith, or Panitha. Zephna Panitha, right? Which is Imhotep. Imhotep inscriptions as seen on rocks equals Ptah. Because Imhotep spelled backwards P T. A, you're going to use the O as the A, H. All right. So right here, we know that Pharaoh called Joseph by the name of Tzedeth um, Neper Nietzsche, which is in Genesis 41:39 through 45. Right? He explained, but basically it says, um, that that name means he who explains what is hidden, a revealer of secrets, or the man to whom secrets are revealed, a priest or a prince, is reference to Joseph being a shadow of Yahshua. It means in Greek, or excuse me, in the Egyptian, salvation or savior of the age. What age is this? The age of Aquarius. Right? Legends of the Jews. Either letter of the name from um, Zephanes um, Panich has a meaning too. The first, Zadi, means Sophie, which means seer, and Pe from Pedeth, which means redeemer, and Nun for Nabi, prophet, and Ta of Tamik, supporter, and Pe from Parte, interpreter of dreams. And Ayn from Akram, clever, all right? Noon from Nabun, discreet, and Hat from Hakam, wisdom. So this is what we're talking about, Jesus the carpenter. In the Bible, Mark 6, 13, um, 6, 3, Jesus is called a tektor, um, a menial worker, craftsman, carpenter, builder, Many gods, goddesses, and godmen have been called the architect, carpenter, and craftsman as a mystical attribute, not historical um, biography. This includes Buddha of India, um, Fushi, Fushi of China, great architect of the Patriots, all right, Hesus of Greek, Jesus of the Druids, Right, King um, Kenya, Kenny Ross of Greece, Kothar of Canaan, Nebhesag of Samaria, Men Ildu of Mesopotamia, all right. Um, the Tower of Egypt, Vish, Vikramakama of India, Vulcan of India, and Yahweh of Judea. 
For brain, man, brain amnesia is 3D Earth existing within the matrix, essentially defined by amnesia stemming from a hijacked or trojanized brain biocomputer, rendering humans totally unable to remember who they are, where they came from, or where they are going to, proceeding um, then to accept this most ludicrous state as natural normal as to the way these things are. All right, everybody you have seen this. If you conscious, then you have seen um the balance of the well of the scales of my eyes. It's from the excerpt of the book of the dead well the book of coming forth by day and night written on papyrus and showing the weighing of the heart using the feathers of Mayat Shu as the measuring of the counterbalance created by an unknown artist, 1300 B.C., okay? Now, what's important about this is that the heart is being weighed against the feather. Let me tell you this story so you can understand. And within the heart is a what is called a seed atom that is taught to us within the Rosicrucian order so-called secret society. And this seed atom inscribes all of our actions, these thoughts, behavior, and everything onto it. Um, upon death, this seed raises out from the heart into the brain, all right, in which that subscribes all this information upon the soul principle, which is, of course, the immortal, eternal portion of ourselves in which that is described within the oversoul, which we went over earlier. Okay? It also, if the heart is not lighter than the feather, then this creature that is over here with the crocodile face of subact, um the body of, of, the, of the pig, which is of set, and then the body of this leopard, all of this is called animate, and animates will eat the desires of the heart, the heart itself. Hence, the reason why when you incarnate, you have no memory of your last incarnation, because those memories was eaten by animates, technically, so you can grow back in the flesh. Okay? However, at the back of the head, which is the Madulam Nagata, your past lives, which is attached to your oversoul or your incarnations, are located right there. So by tapping at the back of the head, all right, everybody's seen Tupac head, right underneath that ball and right where the spinal column comes up into the skull, you would tap right there and scarify the medulla oblongata in order to give you a photographic memory and to also... Um, develop um, access to your past lives, your previous incarnations. All right? So if your heart is lighter than the feather, then you will move on to the next level. You will not have to incarnate back into a earthly existence again before this pain and to bear. You might go to another planet which you might still die, but you will live 10,000 years. 
100,000 years as compared to 70 years, you know? So, we talked about Amun's horns. Well, here you see Amun sitting here, ram-headed deity, um, the same one that we said at the end of the prayers, all right? Amun, Egyptian deity, the name translates generally into the Old Testament, which confuses the meaning in Jeremiah. So, most to, all right, to be Amun, all right? And in um, Nahum, populous number meaning no Amun. The Greeks called the called this guy Jupiter Amun. On the monument, the name is Amun Ra or Amun Re, Amun the Sun. He was supposed to be in the form of man and was the supreme god of Egypt, king of the kings. This is why they all say Amen at the end of the prayers. This is Christian, good Christians, good Muslims, good um, Jewish people, Hebrew Israelites. Even Buddhists nowadays, all of them say, Amen. Amen at the end of their prayers. So we see that um, that ram-headed deity, which is Amen, Amen, Ra, symbolizes Aries. Right? As Aries symbol is that the ram. All right? And here it is in the brain. The same Aries symbol that we see right in the head. There it is. The same symbol. So this is the first place. Right? Here's Amen Horns in the head. So in your computer, the place of memory is called RAM. Think about it. In your brain, the place of memory is called, check this out. In your brain, the place of memory is called hippocampus. In the hippocampus is an organ called Amen horns. Amen is the Egyptian deity to whose symbol is the um, is the ram's head. So we obviously do not need more religion to solve our problems. We need more ram. This is why ram symbolizes the head area. There it is in the head. We've got the hippocampus area in the brain. This is where the peritheric gland originally dwelled at. So the sacred ram horns of God, Amen, was evoked by kings throughout Africa. There it is. You have the Kemetic kings with Amen horns, Ramesses II. You have the Kushak king, Amen horns, Alem um, Mani. Right? You have Cheyenne, which is... Um, in Congo, kings with the Amen horns. So the sacred horns, or the sacred ram horns of God, Amen, was invoked by the kings. All right? Um, the Europoids, Christians, took the African god and god, um, god and king and made it a prototype for their devil, who took the historic African victory and reversed it into a myth of their god's victory. Many Africans don't know this because they have abandoned the study of their own history and the veneration of the original African God. This is where you get Baphomet. Baphomet points you to your Amen horns in your brain. 
The Templars were Gnostics, right? And Baphomet was formed from the Greek word Baph Metsos to mean Baptist or baptized or baptism of wisdom, right? And you can get this um, Baphomet's name etymology. Also, as a note, is the Freemasons and Luminists, Christopher um, Frederick Nikolai. 1733-1811 proposed that the name Baphomet was formed from the Greek word um, Baphmetos to mean baptism of wisdom. Compared to Matthew 3:11, um, where John the Baptist speaks of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. This happens in the brain. That's Moses with his horns on his head. Right? Moses is actually described as having rays of skin on his face, which John in the Vulgate is translated as horns. Mistake in the translation is possible because the word karin in Hebrew language can either mean radiant light or growth or grow horns. Now, there are Europeans and Orientals that do actually grow horns from out their heads. All right? This is because of goat um, genetics being mixed in, animal byproducts being mixed in. So hence you have these things that do occur. But metaphysically, this is talking about inside of the brain where your horns are located at. We're just talking about your memory, right? A memory. Ram, right? You know, the lost ark has been found, and of course, it's in your brain. The ark of covenant is not what has been traditionally been depicted as. They're merely a distraction to those who, um, for you away from the most powerful meaning, which is available to you all right now. The two cherubims placed by God at the entrance of paradise, which is Garden of Eden, Genesis 3:24, were angels. The cherubims are the bearers and movers of the divine throne, as described and explained in the vision of Ezekiel 1, which were compared Ezekiel 10. All right, in chapter 1, the prophet designates them as living creatures, coyotes. According to this description, cherubims have face and wings, and God spoke from in between them. What does the cherub represent, and what is they placed on top of the ark? All right, and you can read um, in the Old Testament, it speaks of made two cherubims of gold, make them of hammered work, and at the end of the cover. All right, because the word cherubim means cover. Make one cherubim at one end and the other cherubim at the other end, and on place the cover shall be, make the cherubims at the two ends. The cherubim shall have the wings spread out above, shielding the cover with their wings. They shall confront each other, the face of the cherubims, being turned towards the cover, place the cover on the top of the ark. After dis- disposing it inside of the ark, the pack that I will give you, then I shall meet with you and I shall impart to you from above the cover, from between the two cherubims and the top of the ark of the pack. Right? So all of that is talking about, um, essentially right here, the two cherubims in front and left, in esoteric sense, represents the hypo, in the esoteric um, sciences actually represents the hippocampus or almond's horns. 
which guards the way to the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, which would be our nervous system, Kundalini via our DNA. All right? Cerebral. And the scriptures say, 1 Kings 6, 27, and he sat the cherubims within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubims so that the wings of the one touched the other wall and the wings of the other cherubim touched the other wall, and their wings touched um, to out to one another in the midst of the house. The name cherubim is a composite of cheris, which is the goddess of the field or grain, meaning cross or rule, as in cherubim, shirem, which is hiram, as in hiram abyss. Associated with the ancient Tumerian comedic Egyptian life symbol, the Ankh, which is the land of the crossroads. Ishua Legba. Here's the Ark. Ark. Arch. Fornax. Cerebrum, 2 Corinthians 3.11, is nothing more than cherubim, and the cherubim is divided into two. All right? You're looking for... Four necks in the brain, well, here are the four necks in the sky, as above, so below. In the book of Daniel, three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, was thrown into the fiery furnace that was heated seven times, and the four spiritual men appeared in the fire, and none was hurt. These three represent the physical, intellectual, and emotional nature that must be under the control of the higher Christ mind which is symbolized as the fourth spiritual man appearing in the fire. The crucifix takes place in the human skull in the fourth. Check this out now. The crucifixion takes place in the human skull in the fornex of your brain. There is a fornex in your brain, and there's a constellation fornex in the sky. Once again, as above, so below. That means both furnace. The fornex of the brain, the furnace, which is the holy of holies. This is where Daniel symbolized in the three men, Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach, was thrown into this fiery furnace. Right? Here it is. Right? So Solomon's temple is your brain, your body, and it's more than that it is your brain that is operating from the highest state of consciousness. This is the Ark of the Covenant. First and second ventricles, the butterfly effect, um, effect. the third ventricle, the third eye, kings and queens chamber of the Holy of Holies. This chamber is called the fornex, vault, archway, and anatomy from which that we get the word fornication. Fornex comes from fornis, furnace, as in fire and desire. Fire and desire. So as above, so below. Below would be the genitals. Fire and desire. You burn with fire and desire. You horny. Uh-oh, they go to horns again. You're horny. You get horny. Second Corinthians 12, 2. I must go on boasting, although there's nothing to gain. I can go on to the two visions or to the um, two visions and revelations to the Lord. I know a man whose Christ was 14 years ago who was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in body or out of it, I do not know, but God knows. And I know that this man, whether in body or out of it, I do not know, but God knows. So, Man can be in body or out of body, hence the out of body experience. It's mentioned right here in 2 Corinthians 12, 2. But here's the archway of the fornax, which also symbolizes both the chamber of fornication, which is actually right in the brain, 
as you know that the compassing square symbolizes not just the arches, all right, but also the curves, femininity curves, all right. We know that also symbolizes the vagina as well as it also symbolizes um, the, the area in the brain as well, known as the fornax. And you have the accessory nerve, which is also called the pubic arch, the greater um, vestibular um, Bartholian glands on either side of the vaginal offices opens into the vestibular at the offices of the back vagina, all right, for next vaults, chamber, fornication, etc. All right, so here's a wing, here's a cross section of the brain showing the cherubims and the um, secret scriptures. See the angel wings and cover the mercy seat and um, cover the fornex area in the brain. So Exodus 25, 22, and there I will meet you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. So this is angelic cherubims or your cerebrums. See their wings? See the wings? See the wings? So this here is the tree of life in which that is shown on the walls of ancient Kemet in the temple of Komo Obo in Egypt. This is a Kabbalistic style relief from that temple, right, which is very similar and reminiscent to a tree of life as we know it. From Kitha to Benai, um, the Chakma to um, Jerora, um, Chesed, um, Teferet, Hud, Bahad, um, Nesir, um, um, Yasud and Malkuth. Malkuth is the kingdom, right? Kitha is the crown. But out of those, you have four, all right, as you see here to the right, you have four parts of that. Azalu, right, you have Bria, and you have Yesera, and you have Asia, Asia, which is the term Asiatic, Caucasian. Oriental Asian. Asian comes from the term Asia, which symbolizes the lowest abode, which is Malkut, the realm of form or the kingdom. Remember, you need to go into the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God first starts with the physical body. Right? Here's the wings once again. The cherubim, symbolic. in Egypt, in Ethiopia, Syria, Samaria, all right, from Babylon. All right, this is the winged deity dealing beside a sacred tree. So this tree is shown all over. Manly P. Hall, the initiate of the flames. He, he speaks of in the brain of man between the wings of the kneeling, Cherubims is the mercy seat, and there man speaks with his God, with his God, as the priest of the tabernacle spoke to the Spirit of God hovering between the wings of the angels. Man is, again, the ark, and within him are the three principles, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the tablets of the law, the manna, and the rod that budded. All right, now, remember now, this is Manly P. Hall, 33 degrees, Freemasonic, philosopher and he released this information in his books so if you read his books 
you already know Freemasonry at its highest degrees. Right? And this helped those who are actually in the Freemasonic order. Help you beyond um, swapping wives and help you beyond uh, uh, cooking fish and having fish fries and, and cookouts and shit. You know what I'm saying? It would take you beyond that. John 6, 53, 6, 56 reads, Then Jesus said unto them, Very verily I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink his blood, ye shall have no life in you. Whosoever eateth the flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life, and I would raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is meat instead, and my blood is drink indeed. Um, excuse me, indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth in my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I would in him. Now, of course, this shit sounds cannibalistic. Mm, sounds cannibalistic, except when you break it down from a metaphysical level. Okay? The blood of the lamb is talking about the excretions in which that comes forth from the pineal gland. And you must eat and drink of that in which that rejuvenates you and give you immortality. It's called DMT, dimethyltryptamine, also referred to as penoline. So here we have amen, as in Amen-Ra. You see the two tablets on top of Amen-Ra's head. You see Moses, the thief, from the Hebrew, with the two tablets, the same two tablets on top of Amen's head. These two tablets symbolizes right here, two sections in the brain. The hidden light, Amen-Ra means the hidden light. Here it is again. Amen, as you see here, the God Amen, the hidden God who is in heaven. In heaven means in your head. The word, the um, name Amen is even in Revelation 3, 14, and to the angels of the city, um, excuse me, to the angels of the church of Laodicea, Laodicea writes, these things say, um, um, say, the amen, the faith, the true witness, and the beginning of the creator of God. All right, so here we have the medical definition of olive. Olive in the neuroanatomy, a round oval permeate of the surface of the medulla oblongata in the brain. These are two olives corresponding to the two olivary bodies, one on each side of the medulla oblongata. Now you can see this right underneath the ponds and and right on the side of the pyramids, the olives. Right? In your Bible, in Zechariah 4, 3, 10, 12, the two olive trees. Also, the two olive trees, be it on the side of each of the side of the bowl and others on its left side. For who has despised the, the day of small things? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hands of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord, so the eyes of the Lord, there's seven eyes for the eyes of the Lord, which is talking about your chakras, which range to and fro throughout the earth, yeah, throughout your earth, earthling. Then I say to him, where are these two olive trees on the right hand of the lampstand and on the left? And I answered the second time, he said, where are the two olive branches and who are besides the two golden pipes pyramids, which empties the golden oil from them? Now, this is right, Revelation 11, 4. These witnesses are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand between the Lord on earth. Here it is. 
the two pyramids, as they call it, and the two olives, right in your brain. See, this is this is this is real metaphysics. I'm taking this shit from the esoteric. This is what the ancients meant in the Bible, in the Quran, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Hispanishas, in the Mahabharata, in um, the Gnostic texts, in the Lost Books of the Bible, Forgotten Books of Eden, in the Apocrypha, in the Zoroastrian texts called the, um, the Advent um, Vesta. All right? This is what this is talking about. However, it is from these olive trees that we get the chrysum. And from the chrysum, the resurrection. The chrysum is superior to baptism, for it is from the chrysum that we have been called Christians. Certainly not because of the word baptism. And it is because of chrysum that the Christ has his name. For the Father anoints the Son, and the Son anoints the apostles, and the apostles anoint us. He who has been anointed possesses everything. He possesses the resurrection, the light, the cross, the Holy Spirit. The Father gave him this in his bride chamber, his bridal chamber. He has merely accepted the gift. The forefather was in, was in the son and the son in the father. This is the kingdom of heaven. So what produces this holy chrism, this Christ consciousness, this Christ or this chrism or you? It's the olive trees. They are. The olive trees do that. The olive trees. Okay? I'm going to go on and end it right there because we, we just, we just, and, and, you know, it's about two o'clock. You know, we're going to have to let y'all go. You know what I mean? Let me see. And plus, we got about 82 viewers. I don't know what's going on. Normally, we have over 100. So, that means we have about um, 25, 35, maybe 45. That's that's tripping. They ain't here. They out at the club. They partying. Right? They missing this. They missing this. All right. We appreciate everybody coming in. Tonight, and um, we're gonna go on and close on out. We'll see y'all later tomorrow. We love y'all. Peace, peace. And before and before we go, let us say this. Continuing now for days, weeks, months, and years to come. We're moving towards our most cherished goals of life, health, wealth, knowledge of ourselves, prosperity, happiness and joy, full contentment, and better economic conditions. Every action, enterprise, and endeavor in which that we wish to be involved is bringing increasing rewards. Every, we have so much happiness and joy and prosperity and success in our life that we're able to help share with those who are sincere along the way. We move.
You're moving closer towards the oneness of God and God is in the full release of our inner higher selves. Ashe. We out. We love you all. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.